Yo, it's your girl Naomi, back again with another episode of My Open Diary. Today we have three guests on the episode. Um, I will let them introduce themselves. And this episode was a lot of trying to hear a different perspective than my own. So you might notice I speak a lot less, which <laughs> sometimes is a good thing. Um... But yeah, I just I I'll let them introduce themselves, but I hope you enjoy this episode. So yeah, without further ado. <laughs> so as I mentioned, I do have guests today. So I'm gonna let y'all introduce yourselves. Thank you. Hey guys, it's Joel. I'm here again. I don't actually have to introduce myself because I was here last time, so yeah, you go ahead. Okay, so I'm um, Jean-Pierre. You can call me JP. My friends do call me JP. And uh, <laughs> No, 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 I didn't say James Bond. So, and yeah, thank you for the invitation and uh, looking forward to our discussion. Uh, my name is Eddie. I am Naomi's brother. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll be around. I am also a photographer, so catch me around. <laughs> Promo. <laughs> Promo right there. Canadian King, you know more about me. Instagram, everything. Thank you guys for coming, first of all, and yeah. for like... A pleasure. Um, pleasure. Having this conversation with me. First of all, I, I want to kind of talk about where this convert, like where this idea stemmed from, because it was from an, like a conversation I was having with Joelle, and we were talking about... I don't know who we were talking about, but anyways, we were talking about something and we ended up um, coming on the subject of of like catering to men. Because we, we were talking about how like men cater to women all the time. And, like there's this like set rules of how to cater to women, right? Yeah. And then um, we were like, but the other way around, like what, how does that work? And then she was like, oh, but like what if we just ask dudes? <laughs> I was like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of how that came about. Um, but we're going to wheel it back. We are going to get to that question so you can keep it in mind. But we're going to wheel it back and start from like the basics, basics. So I would ask you guys, um, how, what was your vision, first of all, in manlyhood? And what image did people give you when you were growing up? And um, yeah, what did you imagine that would be like when you were little? Um, when I was little, hmm. Honestly, I, uh, I mean, apart from what I saw my dad doing, so I think we're going to get to that part in terms of role models mm-hmm. and uh, what made me the person that I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like when I was a kid, there was uh, just, you know, my perception of what a man is or what masculinity what is and was, uh, was based on what society had given me. Mm-hmm. And when I say society, it's probably something that's going to revolve around family, uh, friends, and school, education, religion. Mm-hmm. And that's basically all I, uh, you know, I mean, even I don't I don't even think it's uh, something that I knew uh, consciously as, as, to, as to be something that is uh, related to what a man is. It's just some, you know, a certain set of of traits of um, or, or that the were associated or that are associated with men that I held on to and told myself that this is what you know a man is supposed to do mm-hmm. this is what a boy is supposed to do and if you do something else 
based on what society as per my earlier definition gave me will be you know considered to be wrong so yeah i mean not very specific to summarize it as uh, it was basically a set of traits that were associated with men and boys and this association was given to me in uh, because of the environment in which i grew up this environment being my family my friends um, you know school religion etc etc and the people who were around me especially male characters that were around me and that would be a most important than my dad mm-hmm. so yeah i think it was like he said i think i i definitely echo the whole aspect of uh it being a a combination of things but i think for me it was more so um it just me picking up pieces where i could because nobody or it's rare for people to just sit down and say okay this is what a guy does mm-hmm. you see people, guys doing stuff and a lot sometimes people get like don't like what they're doing some people some people like what they're doing mm-hmm. typically with the father example some decisions were okay some decisions weren't same thing with mainstream media if we're talking about tv series movies all that you pick up things from there um on how to go about life mm-hmm. and you try you try what works and if it doesn't mm-hmm. work you try again mm-hmm. and that's basically what it's been trial and error mostly so on a practical level though what were what were some of those traits that you you picked up or that you thought you were meant to pick up I mean I could mention things like uh leadership you know uh, we, we we were actually taught in school uh I can remember this because the I you know in the Kenyan system we had a certain way of you know of uh, educating children and I grew up in that system it's a system that you know even um includes some some definitions that we're supposed to learn and supposed to uh Uh, to subject ourselves to and by that i mean in terms of examinations we have to give correct answers and i remember there's this one question that you know that went this way uh, who is the head of a family and you had choice a is it the, the father is it the mother is it the uh, the sister is it the brother mm-hmm. any other choice any other answer that you veered off That's from a dad was wrong mm-hmm. so basically there's that you know head the leadership aspect mm-hmm. uh, there's the assertiveness you know some certain level of confidence uh, some sort of level some certain level of defense you know uh, you know a, a dad a man is supposed to defend mm-hmm. his family mm-hmm. uh, but i think we're going to go deeper into that but uh, you know i'm just saying those are the kind of traits that you know we picked up consciously or even subconsciously mm-hmm. um in regards to what a man or a boy is uh, you know is supposed to be or yeah i think for me it was again it's right around the same thing but i think that the co- general concept that links all of it is having it figured out cuz knowing what you're doing knowing what like knowing what the situation is and how it's, how it's going to um pan out like for example i can give an example my dad I always it, it doesn't matter what is going on. I know if I talk to my dad he's going to he he's, he's going to figure something he out. He knows. <laughs> I don't know how he does but he knows. Yeah. For me it was always how do I get to that point where I'm there like it doesn't matter what someone tells me I'll figure something out. It's wisdom basically. It's wisdom it's wisdom in all aspects of life yeah. that you It does it really doesn't matter what life throws at you you are secure in what you are and you are ready to face whatever comes. And how long do you feel like that cuz I feel like that comes with a certain pressure to 
get to a certain level because I feel like as women we I mean young as, as girls there's not really something you're supposed to attain like you're supposed to be this way when you're younger but how young did that pressure come on to you guys when you're I honestly for me I'd say like from 10 probably like I mean it started with with me with how uh, my parents and uh, my uh, my extended family would address me like how are you taking care of my, your sister mm-hmm. and then you you slowly start realizing it when you're walking around um, in an unsafe area with with a girl for example she's gonna you notice that she feels insecure she's like oh okay I, I better be careful that like she, yeah, she's okay or not um, and none of the other it's not really it's nothing that that tell prompts you to do it it just it's a switch that automatically goes on at least at, at least for me it was to where um, I'd find myself in a lot of situations where I had I'd had small cousins for example and I was expected to take care of them without anybody telling me anything I was the one who was gonna take care of the house once my parents came back it's their job now, but before then it's my responsibility um honestly honestly i cannot remember having some sort of you know uh click or change in my way of thinking or or saying to myself that from this day i feel like i've become a man or i feel like these responsibilities uh, i've been able to attain a certain level of responsibility that has been associated with men or characteristics of both men and boys mm-hmm. uh, but um also i i feel like these are things and these traits are things that you know even women can uh, can have Very true. you know and that's the whole discussion basically like am i supposed to to you know to stay true to myself and see what happens, you know, how I evolve and and hope that naturally these traits that are associated with men and boys as per society come come to me, you know, mm-hmm. or am I supposed to go towards them, you know, kind of force myself and veer off yeah. my natural yeah. self in order to attain that level, you know, or what society expects of me. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we're going to go into this, but, you know, that's where... You, that there's some sort of toxicity that comes with that, you know, mm-hmm. like you're a boy, you're a man, you're supposed to do this, this mm-hmm. and this. But I mean, I'm all for learning and, you know, because this is a gradual process. Mm-hmm. That's why I've never had a day. I can't remember when I, I, I woke up and said, now I feel like I've attained the level that society expected them from I'm me, you know, oh, I'm, I, I don't, no, now I'm man not. enough, you know, mm-hmm. so it's something that's gradual. That's, I think that's a fact. I mean, mm-hmm. Of course, all the opinions that are coming from this podcast are of our own, so yeah. we shouldn't be held accountable for anything. <laughs> we are just sharing, sharing our own perspectives, yeah, our own experience with a, lot. Yeah, with a lot of people. So what I'm trying to say basically is that, you know, it's a learning process. It evolves. Mm-hmm. And depending on what happens, what you, li- what you go through in life, the people you meet, the relationships you you're in, whether it be platonic, non-platonic, with females, uh, you know, same-sex relationships, these are things that are going to shape you into somebody. Mm-hmm. Now, is that person going to be what society will define manly? Is that person going to be uh, uh, more somebody who's going to be defined more as womanly? I mean, what's where? What, where's the bridge? Where you know? What's the what distinguishes that? Because myself, I'm sure you're also going to get to that. 
the person that I am today, whether manly, whether some people may consider manly or not, is mostly inspired by the women in my life, you know? So these are people who have who definitely had to have certain traits that are associated with masculinity and basically I have a problem with the fact that we associate an ensemble of traits with the word masculinity you know like I think that word and the definition will also evolve so that it becomes gender sensitive because it uh, being assertive being being a leader being confident doesn't have to be associated with a certain with a certain sex you know i feel like we are human before everything else i'm a human who just happens to be male you know exactly i was going to touch on the whole toxic masculinity thing but basically i feel like right now it's more when people are just aware of what being what the meaning of toxic masculinity is but I feel like before when like you guys were young, that wasn't the case. So did you feel like there were certain things you, you didn't have, you weren't able to do because you felt you weren't going to be perceived as being manly or you weren't going to be, like it was going to be too feminine. So you were Basically like, okay, a let clash me. between your actual personality and yeah. what people would say masculinity was. I think for the longest time, I know, I think there's two things. Number one, um, at least for me, the, the whole aspect of um childhood from from right around that 10 11 12 13 14 age that when puberty starts basically um when people start realizing oh he's actually growing up he's not a kid anymore but inside you still some somewhere somehow you still have that child inside of you it changes so quick you don't have the time to realize that it's changed and so I know, at least for me, I, I struggled for the longest time with the feeling that I, I missed a part of my childhood because of the whole transition period that was so difficult. Um, and the second part was, um, was simple, but just a self-care routine was, I did not talk about, like, a, just the simple fact of, like, having a mask at home or something that I, I tried it, I think, the first time I was like 14. Felt great, <laughs> but but I didn't talk about it because I knew that I'd probably get made fun of more than yeah. anything, you know. So I think it's yeah, it's it's uh. Because I feel like right now it's more common to see like guys getting the nails done and and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But back then it wasn't like that. It was more of a. Yeah. You with the feminine girls, you. <laughs> yeah, I mean it goes both ways. Also with girls or women who show certain traits that are associated yeah. with Definitely. boys, yeah. exactly. Definitely. But uh, from my perspective, I feel like I, uh, I've always wanted to stay true to myself. I don't know if it's something that I've become or something that I've always been. Uh, and I feel like once you you're loyal to what your true nature is. There's no way society or people around you are going to force you into this person that they want you to be because that's when toxicity comes in, you know. If you, if become, if, you know, being assertive or being defensive comes naturally to you, I think you should stay true to, true to that, you know. If you want to pay, if you want to, you know, do your nails, if you want to do something else, it doesn't mean that you cannot be defensive at the same time, you know. Being true to yourself doesn't mean changing. It doesn't mean uh, veering off your, your, your true self. No, I think that's what people, uh, that's what people need to understand is that being a man or, you know, 
being confident also means you're you're confident in what you're doing you know you're you're sure about your understanding of what your true nature what your purpose in life is and uh i think it starts there you know accepting yourself self-acceptance don't try to be someone else and that in itself is being assertive and that in itself is what the dictionary would define as a trait uh, that is associated with being a man the problem with being true to yourself is that people like you may be true to yourself with yourself but the people around you don't like it (laughs) (laughs) and that's why that's why a lot of the times a lot of at least i know i'll speak for myself and maybe some people will resonate with it for the longest time I, i wasn't comfortable being the person that i am because not because i didn't feel comfortable with who i was but the type of reactions that I got from everyone, be it friends, be it family, did not were not okay. Mm-hmm. People would say you can't do this, you can't do that. I would either be made fun of or Do you have examples of that? Um something as simple as um wanting to play sports. That was a big topic when you were kids. <laughs> uh I was I was the sporty kid in the house and I was always outside playing some form of sport. It didn't matter what, I was always running around. Um, but and again seeing it from my parents side 100% they made sense with the, the way they're thinking mm-hmm. but the way it was conveyed to my young mind was you can't be using that side of you because that side of you the, the whole sporty side will make everyone else think that your worth is only in what your body can do in sports sports. and you can't have both you can't be good in school and be sporty you have to choose one or the other and it's that doesn't necessarily apply to like being a man but that was a part of my character like i i love to this day i still love being sporty and whatnot but as soon as you try and enjoy that part of yourself there was there were usually boundaries that were put and that just made you just you know what I maybe I'll just stop being that side of myself for a while and after we'll, if I have time I'll pick it up later you know? okay um, I feel like yeah I feel like I do understand and uh, get where you're coming from but um staying true to yourself um from my perspective is a little bit deeper it means that I'm willing to learn I'm willing to listen what the others what others are you know think about my personality I'm willing to rectify what I feel like you know or what they feel like would be wrong for me going forward mm-hmm. and that learning process is even more relevant because when we're growing up we're kids we're mm-hmm. supposed to be guided so you know listening and having people give their opinions on your personality you know can be a process that you know makes you question some of the things that you do mm-hmm. but i feel like that's inevitable and you're supposed Very to learn cool. you're supposed to avoid making mistakes that others made but that doesn't mean that you're supposed to veer off your true nature you know mm-hmm. you're supposed to kind of integrate you know sort out the good the negative things the positive and uh, basically just become this person at the end of the day human being a human being that happens to be male that is still true to his nature but still kind of you know accepts uh you know accepts help gives help 
and uh, becomes a person that is um, that society or yourself first of all yourself considers to be uh, a good human being mm. you know? so and I, th- I feel like when you go that way when you, you when you use that uh, that route uh, you eliminate any kind of toxicity that may come with pressures that are uh, that are not um, uh, that are not good for you you know sometimes it takes it takes a while to figure things out you know it takes a lot of courage to say no to somebody because all the advice that you're going to get is not always going to be good but what i like to do on a personal level i like to hear i like to listen to everybody and then i decide for myself what's good for me what's bad for me because being a man as per the dictionary is also being able to listen, being able to shut up sometimes and just listen. It takes a lot more courage to sit down and listen than to stand up and talk. That's what people don't understand. And once you get, you know, if you're a listener and somebody who also comes out and speaks, you become a better person. And I feel like what we should put forward is, you know, the humanity in ourselves, because these traits shouldn't be associated with a certain sex. You know, I think that's where... I think that that is 100% correct. Um, I think it's just in the way that it brings. Because I think now I'd be able to have the patience to be able to sit and understand and listen to when someone's saying, oh, you're doing this wrong. I don't like the way you're doing this. Because Mm -hmm. some other people wouldn't Mm -hmm. necessarily appreciate it. But I think especially a lot of a lot of masculinity is defined when you're when you're a kid. You grow and you learn and you correct your behaviors as you grow, but a lot of it is defined as like when you're a kid. And I think in bringing those corrections, um, there could be, or at least I, I think there there should be, a space where you listen to what the other perspective is, because it may be a wrong perspective, but of what I know of the people that I've known, a majority of them aren't coming from a bad place. They're just coming from what they know. And what they know isn't necessarily wrong. It just, it doesn't work in the situation. And having that space where you're not just directly told what you, what you are doing is who you are and it sucks, but rather saying, okay, what you're doing is, is, is not okay. I know it's, that's not who you are, but what you're doing doesn't work in this context and I'm not blaming you for it. And I think that would maybe slightly improve the listenability of some of the things that are being said um because it doesn't blame the person you don't feel um personally attacked and i think that applies not only for guys but for women as well in general or for whoever is out there being personally attacked makes it takes it to a whole nother level and it makes you defensive to where you're defensive and you don't want to listen whatsoever Mm -hmm. but if you're in a a space where you're like okay it's just what i'm doing it's not i'm I'm okay it's just this was wrong if you're also willing to learn exactly yeah Yeah, it's the willingness to learn so it takes an effort Mm -hmm. from the person but it's also the person bringing the information because there's a difference in between being told that being too nosy is wrong and being bullied because of it both are conveying the exact same message Mm-hmm. But there's two different sides of the coin to where the person who's being bullied is more likely going to be sad and not necessarily pick up on the message and focus on the, on the part where they're being bullied, not the part where what they're doing doesn't necessarily work socially. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, for some of our listeners who like to, you know, uh, go a little bit deeper and see some sort of examples in real life of how, you know, masculinity and uh, society can. 
you know, can lead to to the creation of a person that you don't want to be and something that I would like to define as toxicity. They can watch this uh, Netflix film that just came out, I mean, a couple of months ago called The Power of the Dog. Yeah, good film that can, you know, give you a different perspective on masculinity, toxicity. Yeah, The Power of the Dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have an example of yeah. someone that broke away from the toxic masculinity. It's so basically Harry Styles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, because um, in his period when he was in One Direction, he was basically just like poster golden boy. And now, if you do see Harry Styles, he's basically he's so in touch with also his feminine side, if I can say it like that. Because, um, like the the clothes he wears, the just his his presence and just also like the um, the things he supports he basically shows that he's not he's not just like his 17 year old self that was like so like mm-hmm. american boy type of mm-hmm. type of thing and now he's a little bit a little bit more into his like okay well i don't i don't just have to be masculine i can also mm-hmm. just explore into the feminine side and still have my sexuality being straight Exactly. So this is somebody who, as we said, who's allowed himself to evolve, mm-hmm. you know, nature take its course, be to stay true to his true self. And that doesn't mean that he's less of a man, yes. because I'm sure, you know, he's still protective, he's still loving, you know, and everybody, anybody who's loved, male or female, knows that it comes with a certain level of the desire to protect, mm-hmm. the desire to provide and the desire to love. Mm-hmm. So these are things that I'm sure... Your, your example can most of our listeners can relate to I mean you don't one doesn't exclude the other these things can mutually exist whether it be man or female I do have a question for you you did mention before that like a lot of who you've become was um, shaped by the women in your life did you ever feel the difference between that and those who didn't necessarily have that like woman influence in their lives like when you were growing up did you see a difference between how you saw the world and how other dudes around you saw the world mm, i um i can only talk from my perspective i just feel like when i compare myself to other boys or men i i feel like i'm more open to like i have a more motherly touch if i should say i mean i don't know correct me if i'm wrong mm-hmm. but i you know there's certain there's certain there's a certain level of peace that's attached to myself. I always look desire peace, you know. I always want to uh, you know love. I want to you know give this uh, multi-dimensional presence to everybody that's around me. You know, like all the my I feel like people who've had women shape their lives. I mean, and I'm sure everybody came from a mom. People who've had female presence, whether it be in their relationships, they they should in one way or another have felt that kind of you know obligation to have some sort of soft side you know if i if i should say and that softness is something that people or most of my friend male friends will want to avoid showing you know Mm -hmm. and that's the main difference and i've i'm not ashamed like i i i want to i want to show and say proudly that i'm very much in touch with my emotions Mm -hmm. You know, and that side of me, I feel like that's the main thing that, you know, women brought to me, you know, mm-hmm. acknowledging your mistakes, you know, mm-hmm. being able to say, I'm very much in, I'm, I feel sad because this happened. That doesn't make me less of a man, you know. If anything, it 
portrays me as somebody who's mature, who's ready mm-hmm. to own up to his mistakes, mm-hmm. and who can be affected as anybody else when with certain emotions, mm-hmm. you know. So being able to basically just acknowledge that we are human before everything else uh, is is important, and you know, and uh, also acknowledging basically that women play a very big, big role in the people that we are today. Because yeah. you know? I feel like. The thing with this generation is we're a very transitional generation in the sense that the generation that came just before us, these conversations weren't being had. A man was a set definition in a lot of homes, at least. And whatever you decide to be is not what's important. It's that you show up for your family and you be the man of the house and must that in the third. Exactly. So like these conversations of like you being who you are, you... Um, defining basically masculinity for yourself was not a thing before and I think, feel like that's why there's so much friction between first of all our generation and the generation right before us and also us our generation and the generation <laughs> after us as well. and us in and of, of in and of ourselves because like we're trying to create a blueprint that didn't didn't exist before we're trying to like make a path that kind of is from our own our own imagination basically which comes with a lot of mistakes as well mm-hmm. um but yeah but uh, another thing is we do have to <laughs> come into the fact that you guys are black men how does that do you feel like there there was anything added that came with the fact that you are african or black or stereotypes did people come to you with stereotypes in mind of who you were supposed to be as being and did you feel you had to live in that stereotype like you had to fit into that box one that may be may sound like it it, it it may sound like it's not something that's bad but it can get pretty bad is the stereotype that black guys are cool <laughs> <laughs> it sounds it sounds like it, it, it's that's what you want to be you know you always mm. want to be that person who's like you're always present you always in the moment you always got everything under control mm. but we're human at some point in time, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't, I don't have my life figured out necessarily. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to be when I'm going to be 50 or whatever, when I'm going to be older. And a lot of the times, whether it be in school, whether it be in high school, whether it be even now sometimes, you're expected to just know and like be in the moment, be present, when sometimes you can be clumsy, sometimes you... You don't know what to say or you don't know what to do. And a lot of the times you feel as if you're looked at to see how you'll react, to see now how people gauge the situation. Um, I don't know, maybe it's just a personal experience or maybe I, you, you can... Really, mm-hmm. think, you can I mean, there's I mean, that, the fact that we, you know, you, we grew up in Sub-Saharan Africa, the fact that we're black, it comes with, with a certain degree of pressure. Yeah. When uh, fa- family pressure, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, people and neighbors, family expect you to be the man at a certain point. Personally, this pressure never got to me because I wanted, like I felt like I, I was obliged and I, I was happy to provide. I was happy to protect my, my, my sisters, my brothers. I was happy to be there. I was happy to offer, uh, you know, just this multi-dimensional presence in every form because I was happy to do that. So I never felt pressure. But, I, but I'm, I'm imagining if it's something that somebody else, you know, feels like doesn't want to uh, relate to or doesn't want to uh, um, doesn't want to do, then it can be 
you know, it can be different, it can become a problem, then you can have, you know, the person is going to have a very hard time fulfilling the expectations that have been laid to him mm. without his consent. But, but on a personal level, I never felt, uh, I was actually happy to be the one to do that. Mm. Because I, there are certain traits in me or certain, thi- certain things that I learned in life that made me the person who I am. And the person who I am is somebody who wants to be there for, for, he, for, my, for my family. Mm-hmm. And being there means taking up this role of the man as per what society defined. Mm-hmm. You know? In my case, it was just a, a good match. But I can imagine other scenarios where somebody doesn't feel like he's happy to do that or he's obliged to do that and feels like there's a certain you know degree of pressure that comes with that. I think there's an added side of not necessarily people who... there's. I think there's people who would be happy to provide but don't know how. And I think that side of things being unknown just... You don't know what to do and as a kid even as an adult honestly you're scared you don't know where you're going to get the resources to maybe you're going through a rough time maybe something's happened maybe you just don't know how to find a job you don't know how to write it there's so many little things that go into provision whether it be spiritually emotionally physically mm-hmm. there's so many things that go into it that not a lot of people get taught Mm-hmm. You figure it out on, along the way and mm-hmm. that fear of the unknown I know without maybe having a mother who would be like okay you can like you you didn't know this but that's okay you, mm-hmm. this is how you figure it out or having family or having friends who are mm-hmm. willing to be there and mm-hmm. maybe guide you towards mm-hmm. okay this is how you should mm-hmm. you can try this and maybe this is your thing mm-hmm. that can be terrifying as a kid and as an adult as well yeah. that's why I mean uncertainty in any scenario isn't the best thing to start mm-hmm. with but uh, I feel like that's why we shouldn't associate these uh, masculine traits with men. Because uh, because when you're in that situation where you feel like you don't know what to do, women in your life can help you get there, you know? Maybe your mum who's going to tell you, my son is going to be okay, do this, try to do this, try to do this. Maybe your sister who's going to tell you, have you tried doing this? And it's going to be on your case from Monday to, to Monday, you know? It, maybe your girlfriend is going to tell you, I do not like what you're doing here, can you try to do this? I mean, you need that kind of boost who's going to, you know? And this doesn't make them, you know, any less of a woman or more mm-hmm. of a man, you know? It just makes them good human beings, you know? But I feel like there's way less allowance somehow for men to not know what they're doing Mm -hmm. like we don't have that pressure of having everything figured out because if i don't have everything figured out i call my dad (laughs) 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 and if i tell anyone that i don't have it figured Mm -hmm. out no one's gonna look at me like oh why don't you have it all figured out you Mm -hmm. gotta have it but like i feel like at least from my perspective from what i've seen it's a lot of Dude's gotta have it all figured out regardless. Yeah. It doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter how young you are, and you, yeah. you just you gotta know where yeah. you're going, what you're doing, you gotta yeah. have vision, etc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that also plays in like the relationship then that you have with women where they're like Man. non-platonic as well, because mm-hmm. they'll look at you and be like, if you don't have things figured out, no, I don't so wanna have to deal with you. Yeah. 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 You broke, I don't have I don't wanna <laughs> yeah. you know that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's this there's very little space for error. error. Yeah. Yeah. 
so I feel like there's some learning to be done, you know, in, in each sides. and every age group and uh, in both sides. Because what you don't know probably is that when you call your dad, he may not have things figured out. Yeah, but it's his role. Else, yeah. But he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna try to you know, because first of all, you're not just uh, somebody. You know, you're his daughter. So mm-hmm. he's gonna try to reassure you. He's gonna try to provide. He's gonna try mm-hmm. to protect. But you don't know what's going through his mind. You know, is your mom gonna play a role? That's something you'll probably never know. Mm-hmm. You know, and the fact that he's surrounded by people who support him, mm-hmm. people who who look out for his best. You know, we're not machines. You know, like we are allowed to make mistakes. We are. It's okay not to have everything figured out. But are you surrounded by people who do understand that, but who who are going to give you advice, who are going to help you and not question your masculinity because you've been able to show that you're more than just, you know. But I feel like it's something that like you have to purposefully learn because I could be yeah. mm-hmm. I could be ignorant mm-hmm. if I wanted definitely, to. Definitely. But definitely. the more I grow up, the more, like, as you said, the more I see the humanity in my definitely. father, for instance. Definitely. Like, but it's very easy to just be like, I don't want to see it. Yeah. So do what you need to do. Just yeah. sort me out. Yeah. I mean, what's the what's the borderline between being a man, uh, being unapologetic, a man is always right, and being macho, being sexist? I mean, mm. these are there are fine lines between all these things. That's why society today needs to first of all just be willing to learn. You know, just. Mm. Uh, eradicate the ignorance that are, that resides in many people i mean myself too i mean i'm definitely somebody who's learning every, each and every day and what i'm saying is that le- these lessons are not taught by a certain sex you know yeah. this this is something that lives life molds you into something mm-hmm. you know i think that the just ha- having some having it figured out like you said your dad has it figured out i feel like it's also in women because for me, is I was I was uh, brought up by my mom, and my mom basically she has every single um, answers to that, all your questions. Exactly. All my questions exactly. You know? exactly. So I don't think it's just male that has it figured out. Exactly. And I think it's also women. Mm. But I feel it's, like it just depends on the dynamic of the family because obviously your mom. Yeah, but it, the the dynamic of the family forced her to be that person. Right? Yeah, she had to be the one on top and like. Who knew everything and had it because she was raising girls and she had to be able to like take care of them and make sure everything's like cared for and stuff so it depends on dynamics of families i guess that's facts but i've had also like people like guys tell me that basically he knows that my mom is she has to figure out if mm. i have a problem i know i'm going to my mom but mm. obviously it also depends really on yeah. the exactly yeah. exactly we all need help no man no man literally is an island yeah. so but being a man also is, you know, acknowledging that you don't have your shit together and that you need help. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's easier said than done. The problem is there's safety. Like, there's, there's so much safety. Because <laughs> you, you don't know what you don't know and it makes perfect that way. You don't need to change anything. Nothing is the end of the world. Mm-hmm. It's small example, finances. Nobody teaches you that. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as you grow up, um, at least for me, you needed to figure out like how you're gonna budget yourself. Because if not, at the end of the month, you're not gonna figure find yourself with a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And if you don't research how to like budget yourself, how to like how to write stuff down, and how to like see what's important, what's not mm-hmm. important, you always be in that mindset of okay, I can spend all the money I earn because yeah. I'm, I'm a 
I'm fine. Mm. And as soon as you start researching that, you're like, oh my gosh, wait, I'm doing everything wrong. And you feel bad and all that type of things. But mm. if you stay in your ignorance, you're fine. You're, you're protected level. Yeah. yeah. You're not growing at you're that point. You're not growing at that point in time. Yeah. And I know, at least I know I've, I've personally found myself in that situation a bunch of times with a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. And the more I live, and I, I guess this applies to everything and everyone, the more you live, the more you realize how much you don't know. Mm. <laughs> and I think the the, the, <laughs> the problem the problem comes when you're not willing to reach out to other people. As you yeah. rightly said, men are not islands. People are not islands, for that matter. Mm-hmm. There's um, this famous uh, quote from this basketball team that I know called "Strength in Numbers." <laughs> yes, if you guys know the Warriors. You know what I'm talking about. Um, and I believe that's that's a hundred percent true. The only problem is. It's hard to find those numbers, and or it's easy to find yourself alone. Mm. Very, very easy, which is again another thing that guys deal with a lot. I guess female, female women as well. I was gonna say females, I was gonna cancel myself, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the thing about like um, having people around you and stuff. Do you feel like the interactions that you have, like inter males, is that even a word? Um, interact. Do you feel like you guys? go deep enough in those those circles unless it's done intentionally like is because the only thing that we get right is the stereotype of like oh dudes don't talk about like deep shit and like they don't want this that and the third um but i don't know what it is like on the ground as like i honestly haven't figured out what it is that makes guys not share (laughs) i don't know if it's an ego thing or it's it's uh um, me included, honestly. Like I, my first reflex to a guy friend is mm-hmm. not to tell him that I'm not doing well. Because mm-hmm. there's so much, I can spend hours with the guy and not know what he's dealing with a, mm-hmm. a mountain of problems at home. And we will have the best of times. We'll be fine. Just we don't want to talk about the problems. We'll be a lot happier just having a good time and just spending. And there are other people. I, I, it depends on who you I think who you deal with because there's some people who are comfortable with dealing with that type of thing um, and so you you won't feel judged or you won't feel as if your problems are minimized um, I guess that goes both ways honestly because uh, I mean women as well if you're dealing with someone people in general if you're dealing with someone who, who will not acknowledge your problems and minimize them that can feel good but I think in between men I've I have the hardest time just opening up just because I feel like we, a lot of the people that I know project the fact that they haven't figured out. So you can't be the only one that doesn't have it figured out. (laughs) That doesn't work. And whereas with my female friends, I'm a lot more open with, oh, wait, I can actually share my feelings Mm -hmm. and say like this, Mm -hmm. I'm actually not doing okay. Mm -hmm. And this actually hurts and that that or the other actually hurts, which is why I always, always find a lot more comfort sharing with women in general than with men. Because mm. also you guys have more experience with dealing with those type of things. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I think it depends on the kind of relationship you have with a person. Exactly. So uh, myself, I, um, I mean, it's not always easy to open up and share, you know, and say, hey, things haven't been working out recently on this dimension or that mm. dimension. But uh, honestly, I'm very much willing to listen and help people. 
but I also know one or two people that I can open up to and don't and will not feel judged, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think it comes down to the kind of relationship that you have and the kind of repercussions or the image that you're afraid of portraying. Personally, I'm not very really traumatized with regards to that, but I don't want to share with either, you know with Stay X right. and with every Tom, Dick, Harry, and James, you know. <laughs> so I'm just saying that it comes down to the kind of relationship that you have. So one or two of my best friends are definitely going to be people I want to talk to if I'm in a financial you know uh, pro- problem when I'm, if I'm having financial emotional problems and I can also talk to the you know it doesn't have to be males alone I'm just because you know your question was just uh, pointed towards the male perspective uh in, in you know just to in a nutshell I can I do not personally I do not have a problem sharing I'm actually I do not struggle I'm just going to try to figure it out myself and then ask for help if I see that things are kind of going um, in a certain way I will also not hesitate to you know to ask fem- females who are very close to me you know in my life I'm gonna ask my mom I'm gonna want to you know talk to somebody if I'm in a, in a relationship with I'm gonna want to you know I gonna have to communicate on all levels and just let her know that I'm not okay I haven't had I don't have things figured figured out I know you know that I'm trying to make things work but the fact that you're there the fact that you're listening to me is something that I'm willing to do mm-hmm. and something that's definitely gonna affect our relationship and that I, I mean this is also a process you know you don't get to this level of you know trying to share without having made mistakes in the past I one I know for sure that at a certain point I was in a relationship and something bad happened because I did not communicate I wasn't I didn't want to I did not uh, you know share some relevant information with somebody who who was supposed to get that information you know so being asking for help acknowledging that you don't have things figured out is something that is very healthy mentally and something that we should all learn to do whether it be you know with uh, our male with males or our female counterparts so so yeah, it goes down to what kind of relationship do you have with that person. Once you have you you figure that out, you know, share. It also depends on why I'm sharing with well, other because mm-hmm. um, oftentimes if I share with a male friend, it's because I'm trying to brainstorm to figure out the solution to a problem. Mm-hmm. And I think <clears throat> I approach a lot of my my problems as things that can be fixed. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I fix the problem, there's no more problem, so there's no reason for yeah. me to feel bad. Mm-hmm. But when I'm trying to just not necessarily figure out the solution to a problem either because there isn't one or because it's just for my own mental health it just I don't feel okay mm-hmm. I will have a tendency to either go to someone older than me whether male or female or if it's my same age I would more more so tend to go towards someone who is female who's female or who is a woman because I know that some way, some I do not know what how it, <laughs> how it happens. I it, it just there's there's a comfort in being able to not necessarily figure out the answer to the um, the problem, but feel understood. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that I also struggle to do for other people. I know that much. I, it, it take it takes a bit of practice and time. Because um, I feel like a the, lot of the male interactions that I've had, it's very much you share a problem, they look for a solution. Once there's a solution, we're good. We can move on to something else. Exactly. Like that's exactly. all you needed to know. 
Um, I also feel like majority of guys just want to be listened to because yeah. they don't have that. They don't have people that just listen to them. But how do you feel like you get to that place of, I guess it's emotional maturity of um, if you don't necessarily have that from the start, like if you don't necessarily have a great relationship with a mother that can somehow help you or if now you've grown up without that and you're now, I don't know, in your 20s, whatever, how do you get to a place where you're emotionally mature enough to even figure out what you're feeling because i feel like that's a lot of the interactions i have sometimes as well is that they don't even know how they're feeling they just they're either mad because that's the only emotion that that they can Mm. put their finger on but they don't know why they can't process Mm. so how do you get there trust issues (laughs) (laughs) no it's not it's not only trust issues that that's not the only thing but i think definitely working on um number one what your vision of the world is um because i think you at least it it's easy to assume a lot of things about people um to assume that they have things figured out and to assume that they're in a better place than you because things appear to be better um and being humble enough as yourself to know that you don't have everything figured out and number three being trust issues being because being able to be open enough and taking the chance so to speak on um, someone whether it be your own mom or be it friends or family taking that step of faith and saying they have the, their best intentions in front of me not everyone is out to get me mm-hmm. um, my my like my my problem my emotion is valid mm-hmm. um, Having that extra step takes practice and takes a lot of self um, consciousness, self consciousness, and self like working on yourself a lot. Um, and I feel like being able to small thing, being able to say I feel like mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of I think <laughs> is already a big step. For mm-hmm. example, because you're taught rationality and rationality mm-hmm. makes sense you can forward you go from it. here to one here one plus one and that's it, <laughs> it it's not more complicated than that mm-hmm. feelings don't have a beginning or an end they just are um it just it's difficult to navigate all that so i think those are the, the three aspects i can think of of how to get to somewhere you've yeah. never been mm-hmm. um honestly you know if you've never been somewhere uh, in the in the context of our discussion, I feel like it comes back to what I said in the beginning. You you are what you are because of the environment that you grew up in. Mm-hmm. Somebody who's never been somewhere, it's probably because he's never seen. He he doesn't know the place exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't know there's a bus or a metro or an aeroplane that can take you there. And um, in um, in regards to our discussion, you know, family, religion, school, friends are the uh, you know the the ways or the vectors that are going to take you to a certain place when it comes to deciding or knowing or getting to a certain place where you can where you can uh, attain a certain level of self-consciousness when it comes to that and being able to ask for help now if you haven't never if you haven't been there i feel like you should probably just try or allow yourself to uh, to explore this uh, this things that surround you learn new cultures you know see different friends you know 
um, allow yourself to be taken to you know mm. to a place you've never seen mm. you've never been before mm. you know allow uncertainty to take certain to- you know a certain place in your in your life mm. and let yourself be you know surprised by what uh, by what the uh, you know this novelty is going to bring in your life when it comes to figuring things out because a lot of people you know just discover things because they've changed uh, a city or a country you know so when it comes to to masculinity and you know uh, deciding what to ask when to ask or just you know acknowledging that you're not doing okay which is some, which is probably something that that person has never allowed himself to experience or even to ask i feel like a change in environment in when it, um, in all these uh, dimensions can be a starting point mm-hmm. and once you get to that starting point it's just a learning curve that and the steepness the um, uh, the longevity is going to depend on the degree and uh, to uh, you know the extent to which this person is willing to learn and willing to get to a certain point that is never uh, attained before and taking it slow i think is is also because um good take out a bit of math here I, i i read this quote once where um getting 1% better every day at the end of the year you'd get like 30% better by getting 1% worse every day you go down to almost zero mm-hmm. and being having that approach with yourself um, especially in terms of emotional IQ is something that uh, I think helps a lot um, being able to say oh now I'm able to um, not criticize people as much or now when I'm asked to uh, to share something that has gone on in my past and able to share it and not feel like it's still a burden to me small things like that i think also there's a part in um being willing to be uncomfortable because it's going to be uncomfortable sharing if you've never shared mm-hmm. before talking mm-hmm. about your feelings if you've never done that before it's uncomfortable as hell and i think that's in growth in general just being willing to be out of your comfort zone exactly and somehow find your grounding in that and that's the only way you like evolve and grow i feel like a lot of um a lot of time men not having that safe place to be vulnerable they just tend to go to the gym and gym is just therapy gym life what do you feel like um we need to change in regards of how we interact with men how we approach masculinity how we raise our men jerry things that you feel like need to change in the way society moves around men or in regards to them i saw this uh, I, i was I, i visited italy a while back and there's this uh, couple at church that was raising their kid and i, I found it absolutely great the way they did it there was um The kid that was the kid was crying during church, and of course that is a uh, smackable offense in back in our day. Yeah. <laughs> But the mother was like, "No, like it's it's not because he's um, he wants to cry, he wants to make a fuss. It's because he's overwhelmed and things are just a little bit much for him. So I'm just gonna go take a walk for like two minutes, come back, and came back. The, the boy was absolutely fine, mm-hmm. and having." For some reason, I've always seen that approach being taken with baby girls or children, mm-hmm. little, little girls, to where the girl feels like um, I don't know something is off, or like the, the the way she's dressed just doesn't look okay, or something something she does she feels isn't okay. 
Um, and I think it's also to do with the way we are raised because um, being of African descent, um, physical punishment was given left, right and center for anything <laughs> and everything. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't that space of being able to, it being a conversation. It was more so, I tell you this, this is right, that's it. Having that conversation to where, yes, the parent is still the authority, that never changes. And rightfully so, because you have the years of experience and of course you're the parent of the child. But having that experience to hear your child out and at least see where they're coming from um, and understanding your child more so than just putting a firm boundary, doesn't matter what happens, this is the line and doesn't matter what, makes it easier for there to be understanding. And once a child has that space at home to where he, 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 he sees that, oh, other people have reasons for this, There's, this makes sense, and I can voice my opinion without it being completely wrong, that can then maybe be applied to somewhere outside, to where they ask their teacher maybe, oh, but like, what did I do that was wrong here? What did I, um, how was I wrong here? Apply it to their friends, apply it to a relationship. How did I go wrong here? I, I apologize if I went wrong. How, what, what, did, um, what did I do wrong? Whereas I know for me in my, in my early relationships, I had a hard time admitting that I was wrong. Mm-hmm. The hardest time. Because I had to be, you know, the person who had to figure it out. And being that, having that from early, I think would help in the development of the kid having that mindset of, okay, there's, we're all human beings. We can actually listen to each other without there being a problem with authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I definitely concur with uh, 100% of what you said. I mean, I don't even know what I'm supposed to add, but, <laughs> I, but it goes in line. It definitely aligns with your view of what, you know, society should try to uh, change or adapt in their current way of raising boy children, the boy child. Uh, But I can also say um, what people should understand is that, you know, it's okay for a boy to like things that are associated with girls. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's okay for a boy not to portray a certain degree of assertiveness or a a certain degree of, of confidence at a certain age. It's their role to guide, you know. A child is uh, is is a child. Yeah. <laughs> he is supposed he or she becomes an adult based on you know the uh, the teachings and the lessons that were passed to him at an early age and as he grew up. You know, we shouldn't forget that you know there's life ahead of uh, you know the age of ten and mm. the age of eleven that's going to mold him into somebody different. Mm. It's okay not to not to have you know a certain traits at a certain age and basically just allowing. Uh, letting the child be and being able to conversation, you know, being able to ha- to uh, to converse with regards to certain subjects and not being very uh, rigid when it comes to uh, when it comes to certain discussions. So I think, uh, yeah, just I think also this is a, this is what I saw recently actually. Not applying our world to the world of our kids. What does that mean? When, for example, if I, well, if and when, because I want to have kids. <laughs> um, I have I have kids. Um, 
I wouldn't approach it in the sense of this is how we did it back in my day so and this is how it's done and this is how this is how I did it and it worked out so you should do it. This is how I was. Yeah, exactly. This is how you should be. Yeah. It's more so it's a, it's just a difference of delivery because your intentions are there. I understand where people who say that are coming from. Mm-hmm. But it's a difference of saying this is how we did it back in my day because there is this and this and this. How does your world work? Because my and your world are two different things. I know even if we take people the Gen Z generation mm-hmm. nowadays, <laughs> their world is completely different than what we grew up with. So understanding the type of pressure that they deal with, because to us maybe the type of pressure that they deal with was a hundred percent easier than what they like they like we had to deal with to us, mm-hmm. but to them it's just as difficult as what we had to deal with. So understanding that even though their problems may not seem big they are real mm-hmm. and now then trying to problem solve their situation which then turns back to the whole learning continuously learning throughout your entire life having the open-mindedness to say okay the world is going to be evolving until mm-hmm. i'm a hundred or more i need to be up to date with what's going on I'm, because if i'm just stuck with what like the old-fashioned ways of course there's things that are old-fashioned that are nice but it's a whole different topic um, but having that open-mindedness to accept the new, the new world and how mm-hmm. things will function in the other side of things, and mm-hmm. not necessarily the way I did them, because the way I did them worked, but mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily apply. Yeah, I feel like I mean I'm not a father, I'm not a dad, but I feel like the role of a parent is to guide, mm-hmm. and that hasn't changed from BC to now. Mm-hmm. The role of a parent is to guide, so just adapt to the context, but I feel like it's even more relevant right now where we live in a world, you know, that has so different dimensions and I feel like a parent, a parent's role is not going to change when it comes to his role, his or her role to guide. And whoever, when you mention this word, it includes, you know, adapting yourself to the to the context of the current, of the world in which you're raising your child and also just being open, you know being able to uh, to provide in different aspects you know being able to provide on an emotional level on a learning level and on all dimensions that you know apparently supposed to be there for his or her child and listening i think is a huge thing exactly exactly yeah okay last question we'll go back to the one that i had at the beginning the one that we originally had um what do you guys feel like to you um what does it look like to cater to that because in the day and age that we live in, <laughs> um, there is a whole list of things that you're supposed to do to cater to a woman. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everyone knows the unwritten rules and the written rules. Um, and it's really not that hard to find something that you're supposed to like. It's even. I need a brick. <laughs> <laughs> bags. Um, but what do you feel like that looks like for men? Oh, what would you like for it mm-hmm. to look like for you? As I, I'm not that old, but one thing that I've come to realize is that women are incredibly powerful. Mm. <laughs> Say that again. I mean, if 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 we take even historically, yeah. a bunch of the wars that happened weren't because guys were like, you know what, I'm gonna go and do what I like. Do, do do something over there. It's because the women that they had 
ask the men to do something. Mm-hmm. It happened in England, in Germany, mm-hmm. in Austria. It happened a bunch of times back, way back then. I'm not talking about World Wars, even way back then. To where the woman would ask for something and the guys would move mountains just mm-hmm. to get what the woman would want. Mm-hmm. And I think the power resides in how you communicate to the guys. Um, what you're portraying to the guys. Because there's a difference in communication that can either make the guy buy a mansion for you <laughs> or not want to talk to you whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And there's it, it's, it's subtle and I, I honestly... I'm not a woman, so I don't know how that world looks like. <laughs> um, I think it's it's the the subtle communication that goes into the way you you, you talk to a guy. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about relationships, even if it's your your male friends for that matter, mm-hmm. it matters a lot mm-hmm. because it registers not only consciously if a guy is even aware of how you're saying things but subconsciously if he feels slighted by what you said what you said could be 100% right but if he's slighted he's not gonna do it he's not gonna respond he's not gonna listen to you he's not gonna a small example in terms of communication that can come up with is tone meaning if if you come if you come into a conversation maybe um, your friend or your boyfriend or your husband um, didn't remember to make you coffee in the morning, for example, or bring you coffee from Starbucks or whatnot. If you come towards them saying, why didn't you bring him Starbucks this morning? From the get-go, I, I feel defensive. From the get-go, I do not want to respond because that is starting confrontation. Um, but starting the conversation is, oh, hey, I noticed you missed, you, you forgot to bring me coffee this morning. Is there, like, what happened this morning? Are we, are we okay? Or not even are we okay, but what happened this morning? It's, there's, there's a subtle difference, but that makes an entire world of difference to where you want to be in that conversation. Because it's recognizing that one, he usually does it, and it's not something that he's, it just it happened once. If you forgot, of course, if he does it multiple times, then of course, feel free. But if it happened once, or it's those small things, it's not only coffee. It can apply to a bunch of things. Communication makes a huge, huge difference, and I feel like a lot of women's power resides in the way they communicate, not necessarily what they want, but the way they say it. But then, what? would you want in this utopia world um (laughs) what do you feel like women should do in order to cater to their men or to the men around them whether it be platonic or not i would say more it's what would you like a woman to do to show you that she appreciates you exactly Mm. actually that's my number one problem with that with the question itself i feel like we should eliminate the combination of the words catered to somebody because in a relationship it feels a little bit like uh, you're obliged to do you know it's like caring for the person exactly i prefer i prefer using the words caring for a person you know showing that you're appreciative to somebody showing you appreciate somebody i i I mean i don't know i mean depends but from a personal level i feel like saying i cater to you I mean, depends, you know, with the energy that comes with it. But from yeah, my yeah. side of view, it's like, she's supposed to do things for this me, you, you know? This is what you need to do, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. you know, showing that, that you're appreciative yeah. or, some, or something. I mean, first of all, um, for a man, um, for a man in a relationship, in a man, uh, in a male-female relationship, from my point of view, I feel like a male is supposed to do 
uh, three things uh, that's protect um, provide and love and from these three major things then comes you know others things uh, other sub roots and sub uh, you know sub dimensions that are all anchored towards these three things and whoever mention when when you mention love when you mention a relationship then it means that that has to be mutual mm-hmm. and that brings me to the female side of the relationship if the female also shares this love it means that the things that she'll automatically do and not feel obliged to do you know she's going to do these things because she loves I, I appreciate you so I'm going to cook for you today because you came from home late from work you know I appreciate you because you know uh, you did this for me yesterday you mm-hmm. cooked for me I know you like the, you know your eggs this way I know you like them in the morning it's just the basically just food you know I you know I mean it can be it can be the smallest because, of yeah. things you know yeah. like I appreciate you know that you uh, wash the dishes you know like the, like you did it can be the smallest of things mm-hmm. but the accumulation of these things is probably something that already To, to, you know brought you into that relationship mm-hmm. that's something that brought you to towards saying i love this man and this is why i feel like doing this is what society may say is catering to this somebody but mm-hmm. it's so simple for me it's so natural for me because i love this man i do not feel obliged i do not mm-hmm. feel like i have to do this every day but i do it so automatically mm-hmm. so simply so you know naturally that to me is my definition of love it's my definition of showing that i appreciate this man and because the man is also doing this in a mutual on a mutual basis uh, you know there's no you know there's no there's no load that comes with it the saying that you're supposed to do this because mm-hmm. you're the man in the house you this 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 at least that's my point of view you know so if you want to cook for me food again if you want to cook for me mm-hmm. let it be because you appreciate mm-hmm. me because you love me and not because mm-hmm. because you're a female like and you're obliged to do this yeah. you know mm-hmm. and and i think it's it should be today in this world in, in this day and age it's supposed to go both ways mm-hmm. i agree the, the yeah. whole going both ways thing is I, i that's why i wanted to change my answer because like the whole cater to i would have stuck with my answer but if you if we're talking about just like going back in like a, a relationship mm-hmm. it goes both ways and i can give an example of something that uh i know a lot of at least in terms of a male female relationship and one requirement that for a lot of people is a requirement is opening doors Mm-hmm. A man opens the door for a woman, whether it be <laughs> going out the house or <laughs> opening the uh, opening the door of the car. Mm-hmm, yeah, but a way women should open doors for men. What I exactly <laughs> my, my example would be, for example, if you're entering a car and a guy opens the car the, the car door for you, you reach over and open the car. Don't door you for feel him. like they'll feel emasculated? No, it's really? a nice gesture. Okay, it's a nice gesture. Just sure? just as like, much. I'll use that and then just I'll tell you. <laughs> Much, no, I feel like ways. I feel like emasculation is a whole nother topic. You, you, you don't want to go there. You don't want to go there. You don't want to go. Let's see how this podcast goes, and then you will see. You know, I think, yeah, that's a part two. That's a part two. Emasculation is just a whole nother topic because just as much as you like food ordered for you at home, yeah. I, he's a guy. He's a guy. He's a person too. He also would love free food ordered home, for example. There's honestly 100. I'll get get just as much as you like receiving flowers. It's not necessarily about the flowers. It's about what the flowers. You're thinking about the person and going out to exactly. Get it goes. 
and it's so ways. and it's so simple. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure you've been in relationships when you when you love somebody, it's so simple. You don't feel like it's be, I'm doing this because society obliges me to do it. Mm-hmm. No, it's because you love the person in front of you and you want to appreciate him. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so so take take the stuff that you already think like that. If we're talking about if we're trying to be concrete here, the things that are quote unquote requirement from for guys. Just do the same thing back. <laughs> the exact like, of course, there are some things that go into the whole emasculation thing. So, is to be taken with a grain of salt. But just as much as you appreciate things done, such as free food or whatnot, I, I can bet you any guy That's that fun. is in a in a relationship would also appreciate, for example, paying for a date, for example, instead of him paying every single time. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm not saying that always happens, but it's just an example, you know. Mm-hmm. It goes both ways. Yeah, if if said. if the relationship it's is right, you won't even you you know like it's it's automatic. You won't even you these are gestures. These are things that come automatically. Mm. You won't need to to dwell on it too much. You just know. Cool. All right. I think we're gonna end it right there <laughs> on that note. Um, I actually enjoyed this conversation. It was interesting. Um. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. But yeah, if you guys listen until here, honestly, you choke. You you a real one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really hope you enjoy the conversation that it um, incited thoughts or whatever and it starts conversations. I think that's also something that I really want is just to um, push people to start conversations in their own circles and stuff. Because you learn a lot from like just talking to people and stuff. So. Yeah, um, thank you guys. I will catch you guys on the next episode. Um, bye.